0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Back again with another episode on The Gentleman's World. The cadence is perfect. I love this cadence. I'm going to keep this cadence. I promise this is, I'm going to stick with it in this frequency because I think it's best. It's best for not only digesting the content, but also thinking through what content makes the best sense. And I'm still going to do the religion itself. That's what this one is and I'm going to focus more on it. There will be the oddball episode as I interact with different businesses or the government or something else, and those may come across as rants, but I think they have singular value in of themselves. I've been fortunate enough not to have to do too much of that nonsense. I do have a little bit of a story to tell here recently with something that didn't make any sense, and it contradicts everything that I believed. It contradicts everything that you might think logical, but I think it's important to tell the story because COVID has been challenging to say the least for, I think a lot of people and I'm no exclusion. It's been challenging. So the first up, I guess I'll tell that story about COVID with COVID. The the thing with COVID, of course, the big thing was, and this started in 2020 for the most part, and then 2021 was kind of the little bit of that and then it just it's it's never really settled into a confident groove i don't believe with respect to what the messaging from the federal government and state governments has been but what we're dealing with now is a situation where every state is just making up rules as they go based on guidance from the federal government telling them to do xyz And so what you saw in 2020 was the predominant messaging, of course, was social distancing and masks. That was the big thing. And this was before we had any vaccines, as we called them vaccines. We didn't have anything of those sorts. We did eventually release something, which I refer to as a scene because it doesn't act like a vaccine. I call it a scene. And, of course, that's been now that the government saw that, and they saw that Anthony Fauci could make billions and billions of dollars on this foxine, because, of course, the more that's manufactured, the more money he makes, the push is just to ram it out there under an EUC. But they still, regardless of having it, I don't know if you saw recently, but Alexandria Casa cortez caught what they call breakthrough COVID and apparently was showing symptoms despite being having fully received the foxine and, and booster. So regardless of this medication, was still symptomatic, and then of course the predominant messaging response is, well, it kept her deep, 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 which statistically she probably would have lived. We don't know. And we can't say whether she would have lived or not. So that fear based science kicked in to basically say we should just ram it in everybody. And then of course the president went up on the air because he couldn't persuade because he sucks at persuasion. And what are you waiting for? Come on, man and basically threatened all Americans and called them garbage and said they're the reason for the spikes, despite the fact that there's evidence that those that received the foxine were openly in company with others who were then spreading it because, of course, the foxine doesn't stop you from catching or spreading. Regardless, he goes up, he threatens Americans, does all this other stuff. Meanwhile, illegal immigrants are allowed to flow in, and he at one point even celebrated the governments of the illegal immigrants and praised the illegal immigrants themselves as... Hey, we welcome him man. We want him in here. Come on, man. This is this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a government administration who just trashes the citizens of his own country but praises citizens of another country while then pushing this mandate. And then, of course, businesses that are weak-minded and led by weak-minded meter, leaders who all have parties and functions with that same presidential administration all bow down, even though there's no order, bow down and start forcing things in people's arms, which then spikes... Homelessness and poverty, and so on, and then of course that's exactly what they want because social services has been the priority of the current administration. So you, it's like a, it's a win-win. It seems like very few people at first started to understand the logic of this. That hey, don't you see this kind of sketchy? That you're pushing social services. You in these bills, you're advocating for more social services. You're talking about giving money away. You're talking about universal basic income. You're doing this child tax credit. And then you do this thing that you know is going to get people fired from their jobs. Then you block them from any legal protections, which you know is going to cause them more dependency on the system, which is what you're pushing is dependency on the system. Doesn't that seem kind of sketchy? But the thing is, because there's been so much fear-based science so far, people are now afraid to question the guidance from Anthony Fauci, despite the fact that it's been proven that you can have caught it, COVID, and you can have recovered from it COVID, and you can have developed immunity to it, COVID, and in certain cases, having this vaccine does not save you from catching or spreading COVID. So certain people made the decision as Americans and freedom of liberty to simply social distance themselves because, as an example, I have people that I know that are elderly and I wouldn't go anywhere near them because I know I don't have it, but regardless, I would be putting them at risk. Is that an ideal situation? No. Nobody wants to be completely isolated but the truth is i would rather keep people safe in the best way to do it because just getting a fox in your arm we've seen is not the way to do it because you could have the fox in your arm but you're still going to potentially spread it to somebody and regardless of whether they have it or not they're still at risk of catching it that means the only way that we can truly mitigate the risk is to stay away from people until the thing is able to pass and die off and if you remember in 2020 the statistics came out that as people were being separated not only did we have a decrease in accidents not only did we have a decrease in murders not only did we have a decrease in illness general illness like the flu and etc but we also saw that the covid cases were starting to decline it wasn't until we started to recongregate that all of a sudden they started to spike irrespective of a vaccine in yarn so, knowing this and seeing what happened and seeing what's going on and seeing the chatter, I think now in 2020 when it's too late, I think now there's a little bit of receptive behavior coming from certain circuits before where they were resistant, where they're saying things aren't making sense because how is it the cases are spiking? If you've got half of America with the Fox scene in them, how is it the cases are spiking? And it's because they don't understand what they've been told that they didn't listen, which is that the Fox scene does not stop you from catching COVID nor does it stop you from spreading COVID. And the only way to stop that spread or at least mitigate it is true social distancing. But you got to realize that it's all a big game because the big businesses, these are guys and ladies who go to fancy flashy parties with that same president, with that same Fauci and in rooms They are essentially coercing one another on a course of action for American citizens. So when they say, okay, let's go ahead and fire you if you don't do this and do our rules because it's at-will employment, who do you think originated at-will employment? It's the government. Why do you think they don't want to get rid of it? Because they know that's the way that they can force an agenda when it doesn't work otherwise. And that's what we've seen. Okay, there are people who are so afraid of catching covid that they fell for the fear-based science. And they always ignored the fact that the fox scene does not stop you from catching COVID. It doesn't. And it doesn't matter if the other person is, has it in their arm because regardless, they can still spread it to you, regardless of you having the Fox scene. Foxine scene might help you stay alive. It's not going to help you from catching it. And guess what? You're still going to be required to social distance. You're still going to be required to wear masks. And if it's discovered that you have caught it, You're still going to be required to isolate. So what's changed? The only thing that's changed is self-preservation and staying alive. That's fine for self-preservation purposes. But now you're imposing that will on everybody else. And it doesn't save you any. It doesn't keep you safe. It doesn't keep you healthy. That's the problem that I think people are starting to realize. You were sold a bill of goods the whole time. The answer had always been, regardless of what the Democrats said when they went into office, The answer has always been that there has to be smarter measures to keep people apart until the thing dies down completely. And you've got to intercept people at our borders and ports of entry. I know that certain people think that's xenophobic quote unquote, but that's the only way that you were ever going to mitigate the spread. When you don't do that, no, this is what you're going to have. And North Korea had to learn that the hard way because they had always been isolated. And then of course, when they try to slowly reopen, here comes some people getting sick, and that's because ports of entry were always the key. The more resistant you are to doing that, the more you have that risk of that kind of thing happening. And then, of course, welcoming an illegal immigrants certainly is going to help the matter because you don't know what they're bringing into the country, and you refuse to test them like you force test every American citizen. So at some point, and I honestly will say that 2022, this is my prediction, I could have it completely wrong. If I'm right, and people have kind of opened their eyes to the bill of goods they've been sold. And that means we should see a blowout in 2022 and a complete shift in Congress where things start to get back to a norm and we end up with a lamed up president. If that's what happens, then maybe we can undo at least some of the damage that's been done and get back to some state of normalcy, especially when we talk about certain States that have turned against their citizens. There's I'd say half the nation has turned against their citizens. Hopefully we get back to a little bit of norm and we get some of these people out of here who were just bowing down to the current administration. And the reason that all came up just now in 2022 is not just the, the, you know, the primaries, but also as I think about what the COVID meant to me, right? I need to think and understand what did it mean to me? What was my impact? How was I affected by this thing? And what do I need to do about it now? In 2021, I made some decisions because I got to the point where things didn't make any sense. It wasn't that I couldn't, it was that I chose not to. I chose not to continue doing things I was doing before because despite being kind of coded to do those things in my mind, they didn't make any sense. I could no longer justify doing them. One of those things was to continue paying for a car because I couldn't use it for hardly anything. Obviously I can, go down to the store and go get something to eat, sure. Or if I need to go to the courthouse every once in a year or whatnot or do something for the business or go, you know, but like my mail house, you, they don't let you pick up mail anymore. They locked it down, so I have to have it shipped to me. Okay, that's fine, but I think it's stupid. That would have been the primary reason I would have drove, and I wasn't doing that, and the only thing I was using it for would be to go and get food. Well, then delivery services were smarter because they wanted you to isolate, and there was a pretty broad spectrum of time that they were saying they did not want to have people out and about. Certain of the food restaurants are still closed, and they only do drive through So that was the only use case for the car. But even with the drive through situation, some of them would close early, and I wouldn't know until I get down there. So then the delivery service is my only way to really know that, yes, something's available. Okay, so I can avail myself of that. I can get groceries all I care to. I can do what I need to do. And for the most part, there was nothing that I couldn't do where the car became irrelevant and to the point that I almost, I actually was not able to start it a couple of times because the battery had drained the, the regular car battery had drained, even though it's a electric vehicle, it still has a regular battery to turn over. And I bought a little doohickey to be able to keep it charged and maintain it and all that good stuff. And that was fine. But I, that's one day I just woke up and said, you know, this is stupid because I'm still paying for it, but there's no real value in it. And it started to make me criticize the whole process of car loans or car leases, whichever one you do, and the fact that you're paying for something on a uh, basically just because it's a thing. You're not paying for the use. You're paying because it's a thing. On the flip side, services like Uber and Lyft and all those, I don't think make any financial sense either. But they're more convenient in the sense that you pay when you need to. The downside, of course, is that when you're dealing with something like COVID, you're now subject to the rules of Uber plus the rules of the driver, and that's not ideal. You don't have the freedom. So it's this catch-22. Do you pay less money, but now you're subject to stupid rules or pay more money on something that you hardly ever use because it's a pandemic and your state is trying to lock you down? So one day I woke up and I made just a crazy nonsense decision that I would have never made before. And in fact, as I think back, I don't think I've ever made the same decision before. I've always kind of felt No, this is something I need to do. Let me just keep on going. And I basically told them, you know, if you want your car, come get it. Okay, well, we can work with you. No. And the reason I did that, to be honest, besides what I just described, but also there were periods of time where the frequency of payment was not going to be the consistent monthly that they wanted. It's okay. Three months later, I can pay you a couple thousand dollars and then, here I can pay a couple thousand dollars and I needed a less aggressive, less consistent schedule of needed payment. It would have been better if it was like, okay, you, let's say you owe $10,000. Okay. You need to pay 5,000 by the end of the year because it's a two year term, right? Something, something really unique, something really, that was different. That was not the same as what we always do. And I, I have that same philosophy about every bill. Like it's every bill assumes the same thing, which is a, routine cadence of a certain amount of money. And then the messaging always is, okay, we just need to save. Well, the problem is that living expenses alone are going to be large no matter what, when you need security as I need security and you need safety and you need quiet and you need to have a neighborhood that's not filled with the same nonsense that I grew up with. So you're going to have a pretty large rent, especially if you're on the West. So then I actually did move to different States and see That, okay, geez, the rent's just the same no matter where I go. So then I buy a house. Buying the house, as far as the mortgage, was actually cheaper than rent. The problem is the program that I chose, which was a state program, was a mistake, a core mistake where they screwed me right at the signing table. So no matter where I went, it was always one issue versus another, but the living expenses were always a level of large to the point that I needed to make sure that I was at least $60,000 a year just to make sure that everything got paid the way they want to pay. It wasn't that I couldn't pay on my own frequency. It's the way they want paid. And then you think about all the utilities and then food and car and all the other stuff. And just certain of them assume, Nope, you're going to make the same every month. Like it's the same old as the old days of pensions and railroads and all this where you pretty much were pretty confident that you were not going to be cut Because they needed you, they wanted to pay you, they valued you, they wanted to take care of you. And so you didn't really need to worry about it. And plus, prices, relatively speaking, were somewhat lower. I haven't even talked about just general entertainment, I'm talking the core essentials. And you're like, okay, so you guys want it on this monthly basis or weekly basis or biweekly basis, whatever it is, then. What changed with the payroll companies? They all went away from weekly pay. Weekly pay used to be awesome because then it didn't matter what week you got you know, paid. If a bill was due in a certain week, you just get a check and you know it's no more than five days out, but then they go weekly. minimum. Most are, most are biweekly now. Okay, well, biweekly is still kind of workable-ish, but then if you're on the lower end of the pay spectrum, then you're kind of hooking it a little bit because you have to sacrifice for something for this. Certain people, including myself, would say, well, sacrifice. Yeah, sure. Do 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 and this situation with the car, I chose not to sacrifice anymore. I was tired of sacrificing. I got sick of sacrificing. I was through doing it because it didn't make any sense because the cadence and the expectations and everything else during COVID didn't correlate with the impacts of COVID on the regular people. Everybody was impacted at some level, including myself. I lost contracts. So to me, it didn't make sense that they're able to just kind of keep on stamping their feet and saying, screw you, while I'm over here impacted. And meanwhile, the government's saying, here, we're giving out all these aid packages to all these different organizations, and there's no understanding of somebody sitting down and saying, maybe we need to rethink how we do, what we're doing with payment requirements until this thing passes, rather than just give away money, because I don't think it's the right answer either. I just think that we need to be more flexible and not have the same assumption Things like one of the phone services I had, just something as basic as that where they force you to have an auto-pay, auto-charge credit card on file. You cannot make a manual payment for them. You cannot do a catch-up payment for them. You cannot add credit to the, to the thing. You can't do anything. You are forced to have an auto-pay card on there. You can't even trigger a payment from that same auto card. It's their control. So I basically told them, screw you. I'm not going to give you that card because that's a stupid way of doing service. And then such, I went back to an old service I was using when I bought my house in 2014. And that's working pretty good. And I don't have to bill at all with this one that I said to the hardware. But it's that same thing. It's like this assumption that, nope, you're just going to auto pay. You're going to put a credit card and set it and forget it. And if you're doing credit, you're going to go into debt because you might have lost your job. Or if you're doing debit cards, you're draining your accounts. Like it doesn't. It didn't work for me, brother. And so, to me, with the car, it was the worst offender for those reasons, but also because I wasn't really using it to the same degree that I might have done if we didn't have the pandemic. Now, even prior to the pandemic, I wasn't driving frequently, but I certainly was using it much more than I was than during the pandemic. In my mind, the logical course would have been for the government to tell all loan companies, home, car, whatever, this stops. No more of this monthly crap. Same with the insurance, auto insurance, where the auto insurance companies, they gave you a pittance like $100 back off a $1,400 premium. That's what I'm talking about. It's like you are bankrolling right now. No, you need to give that back to the people holding. But the government has no stones, and they have no guts to tell the companies, no, you will not sit on profit. You're just going to deal with it. You're going to eat this until we're past this. So what I would have done personally is, And turns out the CARES Act tried to do it, but it didn't enforce it. What I'd have done is said, we are creating a pool of funds that are going to cover six months worth of something. The person, the customer has the choice of which six months they want to use. Do you want to use it all at once? Do you want to use it one off stagger once when you need it? You're going to create a web form. The customer should be able to automatically go in there and say, I need this aid for this month. You're not going to put a human in the process. As long as they log into their account, you already know who they are, so you're not going to do any other paperwork, and then says, okay. The reason I say that should work is that's exactly how the Federal Student Loan Program works. If I need to do a forbearance, I can go into the servicing account, and I can say I want a forbearance, and I can say I want it for one year because it's one-year increments, and it's going to be approved because you're entitled to up to three years of forbearance under federal, and so then I'd say one year, and we're done. Now, with that program, FELP as an example, they automatically did it for us without taking from your pool. They said your loan is going to go into a government mandated forbearance until I believe May of 2022. So I questioned, well, if you can do that with a federal program that is predominantly responsible for a lot of the revenue that comes to the government by way of student loan payments, why can't you do the same thing on things like loans? Why definitely, why can't you do things on things like utilities? And the answer I came up with in talking to one of the utility companies was, well, The utilities, of states have to do that. Okay, that makes sense because it's state, but the states don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. And the reason they don't want to do it is because they're trying to allow these businesses to still be businesses and generate profit and allow the CEOs to generate their own money and their own profit because that's who they care about, not the low-level person. So you get a pittance by way of a $1,400 one-time check while they get millions and millions of dollars packed into their profit because they're still billing you on a thing. I'll credit a couple companies that at least said, you know, we'll work with you. But the vast majority know they're not willing to flex on what they've been doing. And then as far as this business with the car, me telling them, look, I got money for you, but it's, I'll pay you when I will pay you, not when you want to get paid. And that's not good enough for them. The time I went in there to make a big bulk payment, thousands of dollars, they locked out the portal. Okay, the moment you do that, you no longer are worthy of my money because you're not allowing me to do it the way I'm not talking to your ghetto, rude, so-called, quote, collections representative. I refuse. You need to allow me to make your payment the way I do it. I wasn't going to mail it because I can't guarantee you're going to get it in time because I don't trust the mail. And I certainly wasn't going to pay on priority because I can't get the address for priority mail because you locked up the portal. Stupid things where, no, you should be forced to receive payments however they do it. I had the same issue with the servicing company for my house up in Washington. Same issue. I got like $5,000 I want to toss at you. And they don't want it because, no, I didn't pay it exactly when you wanted it. But I got $5,000. Why do you care that I didn't pay you 1000 when you wanted it, but I got 5000 when I'm ready to give it to you not that long after? Silliness that I just started refusing. I started rebelling against it. So, yeah, I say, come get the car. Come get it. Now, there's a dude. Okay, and it's the tow guy, and he's like, "Okay, well, yeah, we need to get the car back." And I said, "That's fine. You can come get it, sure." Well, you know, are you sure you want to talk? And I talked to him. And I'm not going to talk to him, no, because I already tried. They're not listening. So whatever. So now I have cameras trained all over my property, so I can see everything that goes on. And I was walking at the time to go get my cup of coffee, as I always do or used to. And I walk up to the store, and, of course, I can see on the camera that this dude peels in here like he's doing something special with a tow truck, like he's catching me, like he's, he's tricked me, like he's, he's caught me unawares. I know how to deals. Come on. I left you a sign in the car that said, have a, have a great time, enjoy it. I knew where you were coming. I knew when you were coming. I knew what you were going to do. That's why I left it out front because if I didn't leave it out front, you wouldn't have the car. I chose to give it back because there was no reason to pay it. Great. So they have trouble taking the car because I let the parking brake on. They're struggling a little bit. They're acting like they're rushing right before he gets back, even though I'm watching them on the camera the whole time. Because I'm, I'm not at the house, but I'm like five minutes away and just watching them on the camera. And it's hilarious. And I hear one of the other dudes, and he's like, he probably don't even want this damn thing. That's This dude is smart. He gets it. No, I don't want it because I'm not paying you for something where you're not willing to work with me. You might as well just take it because there's no reason for me to have it. Certainly no reason to pay for it. So I take the car. As I'm walking back, I see him drive with the car. Okay, cool. The company's still calling me, right? And, uh, you know, there's a, do you want the car? Do you want the property? I know what they're calling for. I don't care. I don't listen to whatever. I talked to another guy, and he's like, why don't you sell it? You could have sold it. They're still loan on it. Yes, you could. However, when you do that, do you have to go down to the dealer, and then you're dealing with the whole COVID nonsense. It's like, no. What I wanted, and this is my, anybody who's listening that wants to start up a business and wants to change the world and make billions of dollars, what I wanted was a company who says, you know what? You don't have to leave your home. All you have to do is give us some photos of what you're dealing with. Give us the VIN. We will run some checks on it, on the back. We'll take your photos, do a video that would help us as well. We'll call your loan company. We'll get the payoff. We'll get the paperwork. We'll get the registration. We'll get the insurance. We'll do it all for you. When we're ready for you, we will come to you. My guy will drop me off. We'll come to you with a check in our hand, and we'll hand it to you, and you'll hand us the keys, and we'll drive off. There's not a single company out there that was willing to do it to that degree. Every single one of them, well, when can you bring it all in here? And it's like, no, I'm not bringing it in there. No, you need to figure out how to work it here because we are supposed to be social distanced, So no, I'm not going to come to your thing and sit in your freaking office for 45 minutes while you argue with the finance dude about how much to offer me. No, this is what I want. It's a car that's in demand. Let's make a deal. You come get it when you're ready and bring me a check and we can call this quits. Doesn't want to do it. So I said, come get it. It's fine. Take the car. No problem. About, let's see, a month, maybe two months, probably about two months later. I get a piece of mail and I, my mail service scans the mail and I'm looking at the image and it's coming from the car finance company. And I can tell based on envelopes and the envelope window and everything else, what it usually is. This is a check. No problem. I didn't expect a check, but and it might've been a little something, maybe a warranty or something that I did. I didn't know, you know, maybe I forgot, you know, sometimes you do a warranty. You don't think about it. I didn't think so, but it is what it is. And, I finally get the mail rerouted and I check this 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 mail and this check is like 3000 freaking dollars. Okay. That's unexpected. Now, if you don't know the process when you do a repo whether it's voluntary or not. The process is that they are going to they're supposed to take the car and then try to sell it and they're ideally supposed to try to sell it for as much as they can get for it. And then they're supposed to give you either they're going to charge you if they didn't get enough, or they're supposed to give you the overage if they got more. And so, based on how much was left over for the car, that means this guy was in very high demand for me to get three thousand dollars. Now, think about this: if I that that's equivalent, I basically completely had stopped paying the monthly payment for the longest freaking time. And then I get a check for $3,000, having not made any payment to it for a lot of time. That means that car was in heavy demand. The guy's like, well, you could have sold it private. I had done quotes for private. The quotes for for private came back at like only $1,000, maybe two over top because of the way the loan was still there. So for them to come back at $3,000 means they did a pretty darn good job selling that car. And I suspect, I don't have proof of this, but I suspect not only is it demand of the car because that model had been discontinued recently and it's still in high demand but also the way I had tweaked out the headlights because the headlights, I turned them into HIDs. So that was was already no car on the lot could touch that. I kept the interior pretty darn good shape. It had no notable anything. It's all original equipment and it had really low miles. Even though I drove it all the way from Oregon because I bought it in Oregon like literally two months before I got here. And I drove it from Oregon down through... Oregon and top of California and a little bit of Utah and all pretty much half Nevada all the way down to where I'm at. And so I'm like, okay, I was like, all right, I see this was pretty, uh, this is a pretty good idea. But then I'm having a contradiction in my mind. So wait a minute, you're telling me that all I had to do all this time was just not pay this darn thing and just give it back to him, And I would have saved a lot of money because Yes, I was making payments towards it. Yes, that's bringing the balance down. And yes, that, had a, that played a factor. But if I think about the balance that was left over, it was still under somewhat of a negative equity because of the trade that I did to get it. So I was very impressed that it was able to get that much money coming back to me just based on how much I had paid on it. Because again, I hadn't had it for very long. And the span of time when I stopped making payments, to me, must have been a very smart decision for that to happen. But that got me thinking now, it's like, all right, well, I can't get this creative way of making payments. These companies are not going to work with individuals like myself when there are situations where it's like, I can pay you, just not the way you want. And they're just like, screw you. I'll just say, screw you back. And I just started doing that with everything. Well, I watched my credit. My credit was improving and everything was getting up. And I'm not, I want to stress, I'm not advocating you do this. I'm telling the story that now my whole concept has changed. Rather than the rote procedure I was doing, same with the workplace, just doing what I was expected to do because it's what I've always done didn't make any sense in this case. And it actually was smarter to push back and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it my way because I now understand what is my situation, financial situation, emotional situation, mental situation, is I can pay you like this, not the way you want it, and you're just going to have to deal with it. And that seems to work out better for me that's a different it's a paradigm shift it's a different way of thinking than what we're coded to think which is nope just do it the way you've been doing do do. do watch this and so either COVID itself has changed the rules which i don't think or it's something i could have done all along and i was i wasted lots of time and money when i didn't need to regardless i was surprised to see a check that large but also excited because that allowed me to then further what i was doing which is to improve and increase my investments and get to the point where now hopefully i can get those investments to start the sustaining that will make those bills happy where i don't have to think about it because i don't have to work hard for it and i can put my all into podcasting as i have worked towards doing the crypto podcast is jumping I get a lot of excitement on that side and I'm getting a second guest who talked about going on the show and then I got another person. So on the crypto side, I'm getting a lot of traffic and feedback and I realized that there's a lot more to it. But I needed to free my mind from the excessive amounts of just do what you're expected that I was doing so that I could focus on what I really wanted to do, which is to, at this point, educate and inform and have fun doing it. The second part of that and the this check helps to fund that is to build out the boxing podcast and actually make it a full on podcast, which previously I was just covering it as topics on gentlemen's world. Well, now I'm going to have it as a separate podcast because it serves a measure of dedicated attention. Cause there's a lot to talk about on that one. And I haven't even scratched the surface on it yet. Previously I was talking on forums, but I realized that some of those forums are just biased for their fighter, but there's a whole big world out there that's itching for the kind of information that I can share. This check helps fund that this check helps fund the current situation with De- gentleman's world until I can get it to where I want it to be. Cause gentleman's world isn't where I want it to be. It works, but it's not where I want it to be because there's a reason I had it as plural initially. And I still want to go that stance and depending on how things go with the crypto side, I may be close to getting to that and that would be my vision is like, can I make that happen can I get that all fleshed out and make that one kind of kick off? But in order to do that, I got to kind of show and prove. So the summary of what I just told you, 2021 was a tough year for everybody. I learned that there were a lot of deaths that I didn't expect people at very young ages. I mean, and there was a lot of people that, that had hard times financially. A lot of people had a hard times spiritually, emotionally. 2021 was a hard year. 2021 was a very difficult year, more than it should have been. And I frankly just blame the system because the system in general, when I say the system, I'm talking everything around you. I'm talking state, federal, everything, your employers. The system was never designed to grind to the necessary halt that we needed to do in order to allow people to adjust to a new norm. It never did. We still didn't. We can say that people are allowed to work remote, but let's be honest. What we're hearing is more about flexible work. Well, you can work home two days out of the week. That's a pittance. When they've proven that you could work from home fully and what we should do is allow people to choose, they don't want to do it because they don't want to adjust. We just now saw with Amazon, they're pulling back the amount of paid leave. They're pulling back the amount of flexibility they're giving. And same with Walmart because of this updated CDC guidance about COVID and Fox scenes and da-da-da. They're pulling it back. They're going back to what they know because they won't adapt to say, you know what, let's just make this normal. What's the reason why not? And let's change what we think of as meetings. Let's change what we think of when we think of the workplace and let's go back to a world where we're just a bunch of monkeys sitting in an open floor plan next to each other, typing on keyboards, not talking to each other. They're trying to push it back to that same norm. And people are afraid to push back because now we're seeing with the Fox scene that they could just threaten to fire you and get rid of you. And they're using fear-based science in order to control. And that's not what we should be doing. What we should be doing is taking this as an opportunity and a blessing that we should see. Yes, we can work remote and let people choose and treat them like adults, not like kids and stop saying, get your vaccines when you do, do do." Yeah. When you're kids, not when you're grown adults who we say should have independence of thought. And that's the reason why we allow children Once they've hit the age of 25 to choose whether they go with the military because, you know, selective service no longer applies. It's the reason why we allow 18 to 21 year olds to now imbibe and smoke and all these other things. It's we allow choice because we assume a level of independence of thought and we assume that they're mature enough to make their own decisions. However, all of a sudden with the thing in the arm, because we've already lied to people for so long. Now there's no deci- decisive reason for them to change. As a result, the same things happen with bills. The same thing happened with debt. The same things happen with credit. The same thing happened with employment and jobs and salary. It's all the same thing. Nothing's changed. They won't evolve and they will not adapt to a new norm and make it the standard to say, listen, we know you owe X. Tell us when you can pay what. As long as we get this much by the end of the year, we're good. You figure out how to do that. Why can't we do that? And like I said, if somebody's out there and they want a new business idea, to me, the person that can solve that problem is going to be a billionaire in short order because nobody's ever tried. I don't want to hear about your firms of the world and Klarna's. That's garbage. I'm talking about you owe a total of X. Pay us this X by the end of the year however you need to do it, whether that's you pay 100 this month and 500 next month and whatever, whether that's you pay it the whole five and four months, we don't care. Your job is to pay us by this by the end of the year. Yes, obviously, there's liquidity concerns, but I think it's doable if somebody will take the risk. That kind of risk that I'm just talking about, that's what I want to see everywhere. I want to see it with every single debt provider, debt owner, creditor, you name, every government organization, everything. I want to see more unique, adaptive ways of accommodating people and treating them like the adults to make independent decisions as long as they meet the end objective. And that's what I, with the car, ultimately forced upon them. You will do it my way. My way is you can take your car back. I will not pay you anymore because it doesn't make sense because you're forcing me to try to pay you on on a cadence that doesn't make sense in this pandemic. It's not that I can't pay you your money but you're not going to get it on the cadence that you want. And if you're not happy with that, we got two words for you, take it. And that's what I told them. And they took it and then they cut me a check for $3,000 that I wasn't expecting. So it turned out I made the right decision. I'm not worried about credit because ultimately credit seems to be improving regardless of what I did, which means it was the right decision at the time as opposed to the alternative, hey, I'm not going to lose sleep over the decision, and I'm not going to advocate that you do it. I'm telling the story simply that COVID forced a, a shift, a change of mind. How do we rethink how we do it in order to make sure that things stay solvent and stay above water? The other half of my story today, I'm going to go throwback to my book because my memory's shot. On this situation, it's not fully shot, but it's partially shot. And I had to refresh on some points that I didn't remember but I wanted to kind of tell another story, and this one has to do with the question that I was asked. <laughs> I was talking to a, a friend a while back that I was checking in on, hadn't talked to her in, geez, I hadn't talked to her in at least 15 years. And, you know, she said, I, you know, didn't know what happened to you and what was going on. Didn't, And one thing she asked, and she always would ask this like ages ago, is, you know, are you married? Do you have any kids? And I'm like, no, you know better than that. And she starts laughing. And anybody that asks me that question, they know better than that. Like, there's tons of women that will ask me that question. And they ask it because they're, mostly they're looking out. You know, it's like, oh, we expect you probably will settle down eventually. Just like my friend I told the other day. It's like, I understand why you feel the way you feel, and it's not going to happen. And I emphasize the reasons. It's like, you want to make sure how you feel. I don't feel like the being in love was necessary, and I kind of got away from seeking it it's not that I am against it but I've recognized that it's at this point kind of preferred to simply make sure that I have love for people and I got to that point and when I thought about this story I started asking the question well did I have love for that for that girl either and in this situation I gotta honestly say no that's why I want to tell the story because it was I thought I did it's like the complete opposite of all the ones I said, right, bud? Well, I told the story about Char, right? And Char was my first girlfriend. And then there's the second girlfriend and the nutcase, you know, the one that never grew up. And after all, after those two, right, I was still, at the time, let's say I was interested in dating, but I wasn't actively seeking it. It was more like if it happens, it happens, and I'm just going to keep doing my thing. And I was still focused on work, and I was I was working call center. I had just bought, which was stupid, but I just bought a 1998 black Mustang. Non-convertible, but it was a 1998 black Mustang. Brand new out the lot. Paid $19,000 for this car. And I know you're like, nineteen thousand. it was $19,000 for this car. It wasn't the high high end either. But it was a nice car. People commented, what the heck, how'd you get this? Because I really, you know, I could afford it. The job paid me enough that I could afford it. It wasn't that. It was that. It was not the car I really wanted. I went in there to get a Ford Probe, as I remember, and I saw it in the newspaper. Ford Probe for sale. It's like $3,000, and it's nice, and come on down, and it was the same day's paper. I remember taking that page, and I took them down there, and my friend, his name's Ardell, and he drove me down there. He was borrowing his dad's Riviera at the time. Um, we go down there, and I'm asking about the car, and he's like, we don't have that car. What do you mean you don't have it? It's just this in today's paper. Yeah, must have sold it. Uh, you just had it in today's paper. Well, it must have sold quick. We can get you in a car though. If you need a car, we'll get you a car. Uh, yeah, but I want that car. That's the one. well, we don't have that one, but we got some real nice cars here. We got some other, you know. So he's walking me around the lot and he takes me up. It's a multi-story building. He takes me up and he's showing me Ford, I think it's Ford Tauruses. And or actually, Ford Escorts. they Ford Escorts, yes. And he's taking me up there, and, and he's showing me all these cars, and they're like $9,000, and they're decent cars. They're not great cars. It certainly ain't the Probe. And I'm looking at the car, and it's a stick, as in manual transmission. I know some of the young folks out there don't know what I'm talking about when I say stick. Manual transmission used to be the really big thing, and you don't see it much anymore, but they're manual transmission. And at that point, I had not learned how to drive manual transmission at that point. My brother tried to teach me. He had a 300Z that he that he tried to teach me in, and that didn't turn out too well. It wasn't a, it wasn't that it failed. It just it didn't stick in my head, so I didn't know how to do. It. I'm telling him I don't know how to drive a stick. This ain't gonna work. Yeah, we'll just take you up to the upper level. We'll just teach you out there up there. No, this ain't gonna work. So apparently that's all they have. So I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. I need a car, and I'm getting tired of it. You know, Ardell's tired of it. Fine. So. We go downstairs, the finance guy runs the numbers. He comes back and he's like, now the first thing, he's like, okay we ran your stuff and you know we're not going to be able to get you in that car, but I can get you in this Mustang over here. And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? The Mustang's like twice the price. It just has to do with the way the credit and the and the loan company and all this, you're pre-approved to Bank of America but the way the loan amount works based on the, you know, and it basically has to do with loan to value, right? It's like the amount of loan that you're approved for and the value of the car and the way that they try to do it. Essentially, they could have sold me the car up there, but they didn't want to because they're trying to maximize profit. Those were rock bottom. The Mustang had some profit. I knew that now, but back then I didn't know it. Okay, well, you know, let's test drive the Mustang. Fine. I I test drive it. It's okay. It's not terrible. I'm not overly impressed like some of the Mustang heads, but... Obviously, it's, you know, at that time, it's in 1998. So I know some people in the Mustang family would say that was a bad year for Mustang because it looked ugly. But to me, I'm like, okay, whatever, let's do it. I need to get a car and it's decent. It's not great. So we go back inside and he's writing up the paperwork. And then another guy comes out and I forget this dude. I don't know if he was the finance manager. I think he was the actual branch manager or something. he comes out and he looks like he's fresh off of fresh off of amen the, the show the tv show the church like he looks like he's just fresh off that show comes out there and ardell's sitting over there next to me and he's like now we're going to do this car and you better and we're going to do a deposit because i was doing a deposit and i was going to give him a check and he's like check better clear and if check doesn't clear i'm gonna come out to you i'm gonna rest your ass I'm hi how you doing and shakes my hand so he basically throws a threat out there and then wants to shake my hand and ardell's looking at him like he's nuts I didn't think too much of it because I knew it was fine because I had the money in the bank and it was cool. Do the car car had major issues. I wouldn't say major issues, but they, as far as I was concerned, there were major issues. The sound system blew out like a month out and they fixed it in a warranty, but then the brakes were bad in like three months and they fixed that in a warranty. It was just problem after problem after problem after problem. It was a nice looking car, but it was a bad car at the same time. So I get this car and while I had the car, I had met a friend's girl who at the time they were dating and she would come over my mom's house to be with him and hang out with him and cuddle with him and all this. One time he came to my house and he's talking to her on the phone and we're playing video games. This is a long time ago, mind you. So back at this time, there's no cell phones. This is my home landline. And so there's not this concept of battery power or anything. Right. But he, she's talking apparently to him and he's, and at one point he takes the phone He looks at the receiver. He looks at me, looks at the receiver, and then hangs up on her. And I'm like, what'd you do that for? And he's like, man, I can't stand listening to her. She just keeps talking. I don't want to hear all that. Okay, so I don't know if he really had any feelings. It's not my place to say. All I can tell you is there were a couple times that she wanted to talk to him. So he asked if she could get the number to my place. I said, okay, yeah, fine, whatever. She calls and it's a day when he had gone to go get some Mexican food. And she calls and she says, hey, have you seen him? And I said, and I had, but I just said, yeah, he just left, right? Because he went to go, because what we would do back then is we would go walk to the the taco shop because right around the corner. And so he went to get Mexican food. I'm pretty sure that's where he went. And, she, and it's like, hey, he's not here. And she's like, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, what what's going on? it seems like he doesn't really like me. Like he keeps hanging up on me and I don't know what's going on. Now I'm trying to not laugh in her face cause it's, or in her ear cause it's not polite to do this, but I'm just saying that. Yeah, I don't know what to, you may want to talk to him about it. I'm, I'm trying to deflect the best I can cause I'm not trying to get in her business. And she said, like, well, has he said anything to you? No, nothing. i he didn't. And I'm telling the truth. He didn't say anything to me other than he just, that she talks a lot. Well, apparently cause she's calling me. So whatever so then fast forward calls again or actually this time she stopped over she walked she came over to the house because they had been to the house before she comes over she had to have known he wasn't there because of the timing on the day there was no reason for her to think that he was going to be there so she comes over the house and she's like hey can i talk to you a minute and i'm like yeah i'm just he he's not here if you didn't know no i just wanted to talk to you about some things." and then she's going into this about you know she's concerned and she doesn't know what's going on with with him and and meanwhile she's kind of frustrated about her homework and she wants to know if I can help with the homework yeah sure fine um you know we'll schedule something in the future and we'll get it over there so on a future day now I had been over there because I'd been they invited I dropped him off and they invited me in for dinner or something one day I had forgotten this part till I read it in my book and I remembered once I thought about it, I'm like, okay, I remember the day that they cooked. I thought that was before that. But I had been over there, and I remember them offering to have me come in and just cook some food. So she asked me to go over that day and help her, you know, with her homework. So I go over there, and she, they have a nice house. They're not, like, super rich, but it's a really nice house. And the way she's dressed is really inappropriate, though. And I'm noticing this, and I've noticed some of this before, and there are people that are on the street that have told me stories, and I'm not going to go into detail. But I'm noticing how she's dressed, and I'm noticing, I'm like, okay, what do you need help with or whatever? And she, she points out some stuff and she says, you want to hear some music? And then uh, whatever, as long as I help you get the studying done. So she plays some music. And the song she chooses, anybody who's in, in or around my age will automatically clue in where I'm going with this. The song she chooses is Too Close by Next. Now, I want you to, if you don't know what the song I'm talking about is, the artist group is Next. The song is called Too Close. What I'd like you to do as a call to action, if you don't know the song or you don't remember the song, is to go to YouTube and play it. Too Close by Next. When you play this song, I want you to listen to the lyrics of the song because that's what happened next, which was, can you get up and dance with me? i don't i don't dance oh i teach you You gotta dance i I don't dance and then she yanks me up there we are essentially living out the lyrics of the song is what's happening fundamentally and she does this and it's like okay i don't know if she's just drunk i'm assuming not because she wasn't 18 but i don't know what's going on so i'm not thinking anything other than whatever gets it out of her system so that we can get back to whatever it is and get out of here okay so this happens a couple times where she asks you to go and help her and hang out with her and do all this. And I met her dad. Her dad's kind of tough, but he's cool, but he's tough. Her mom's really strict, but she's cool, but she's strict. And her mom kind of talks to me every now and then, just basically says, you know, it, it's nice that you're coming helping her, but, you know, what's where? how would you guys meet? And I said, oh, I just met through him. And she said, oh, I know him. And it seems like, you know, you're level heavy, and it's cool that he's got a friend like you and know. Everything's fine. I'm not thinking anything of this. Okay. So then fast forward a little bit and there's a day where she's doing this and she's starting to get a little bit like things like sitting on the lap and it's starting to get a little bit weird, not because I didn't like it, but because again, he's still in the mix as far as I know, and she's still talking to him as far as I know, and I'm not trying to be a homewrecker. So I'm trying to figure out how to slice this off the pass. So one day I tell her, okay, this thing will work. We probably need to stop, spend time. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm probably not going to go over there anymore, no and you might need to find another way to do some of the homework or whatever. And, and she's, she's frustrated. She wants to come over and talk to her about it. Da, da, da. Fine. So then we schedule a day. I'll go over there. I go over there. Her mom's in the kitchen, and she's there, and she's dressed a little bit more conservatively, but still a little bit inappropriate. And I don't know what triggered it, but the conversation eventually steered towards, you know, uh, you know, I don't know what happened and why is he upset and what did I make you upset? I'm just saying, look, all I'm saying is we just need to separate. You're still talking to him and we can't, this ain't going to Quote, don't you know that I love you? Now, here's what I said in response. And I don't regret it, but I did it because it was necessary. I laughed and I said, you don't love me. You don't, it's possible. yet. Yeah. Because it was impossible. It's like, no, there's no, because you don't know what love is. There's no way you could. And even if you did, even if you thought you did, there's nothing of our interaction that should have told you that. It's just a, it's just a passing feeling. It's like a, a puppy love crush. It's nothing there. There's nothing there. We didn't do anything that should have told you that there's any sort of, so she's like at the verge of tears here and she's really upset. And the mom's off just watching this thing. Right. And, again, the funny thing is that this whole thing with the lap sitting and all this stuff, there were times when she was sitting on my lap and the mom would come in or the dad would come in and I'm like, I don't know what's, I don't even know what's going on with the situation, but I kind of had to cut it off the past. And I think the mom looking in her eyes understood what I was trying to do. And she was trying not to intervene because it just, I had to kind of cut it. I had to cut it. Now this girl, she will refuse to speak to me today because she took on just like With my second girlfriend, she takes on the victim stance, that I was the victim, that she was the victim, I was a bully, I was mean, I was this. It's like I was true to what I needed to do in order to cut this off because you're still, as far as I know, dealing with somebody else. And I'm not going to be that home wrecker because I wouldn't want that done to me straight up. So the reason I told you that story is because there was a time during when we were spending time together, it's like, okay, maybe I do have love for her as she's cool, we seem to get along, everything's cool and all this. But then later, as I was reflecting on the toxicity that came as a result of that interaction, it's like, okay, you just turned bitter because I cut you off. Well, that's selfish because you didn't really care when I'm telling you there's no way you could because there's nothing that we did on purpose that should have told you that. And you just had this feeling out of thin air. It's not that I dismiss that you felt something i'm saying that it could not have been love because there's no way we didn't do anything that should have caused that and i don't agree at your age and she was young that it should have been anything other than just kind of a puppy love type thing and it would pass right you're going to meet somebody that you're going to be more compatible with and you're going to settle down at some point probably later but then i was thinking now this is future state Then I was thinking, did I even have love for her? And was that even a real feeling of what I was feeling? And I don't think so because it felt like I was going through the motions. It's like, she, I'm there. She asked me to be there. I'm there. We're talking, but it's not, there's nothing behind it. It's more distraction. It's more, I'm here because I was asked, not necessarily because I want to be, but I'm staying because she's cool and I don't want to really hurt her feelings. She's not unattractive and she's not, you know, at the time she was a sweet person and I'm cool with her, but I didn't feel anything beyond that. As I reflected on it, that would have told me that love was ever in the equation, either as I have love for or in love with neither seemed to play. I just felt like this is not going to work in us talking because it seems like you're expecting or wanting something that doesn't make sense because I'm assuming that you're still with him. Right. And so now I don't want to be a home record number one. Now, on the flip, he straight told me one day, you know, if I ever brought a girl around him and he has feelings for her, he would straight try to take her from me. And I'm pretty sure at the time, he's not like that now, but I'm saying at the time, I'm pretty confident that he would have done. So some people would listen and say, well, if you know that he'd have done that, then why wouldn't he just gone for it? I just, at that time, it's like, no, that doesn't, it doesn't click for me. It's not the kind of person that I was to try to be a homewrecker or take somebody else's girl. I was never the kind to do that. Even when like with another one that I may tell a story about later and the story with her and him, that was a whole chaos where I could have taken her. I know for a fact if I had snapped my fingers, I probably could have hooked up with her in in a hot minute. And I chose not to because I didn't want to disrupt those two getting together. Even there, I chose not to do it. I was still cool with her And I have love for her and I've talked to her in somewhat the recent past and she's still cool. And she still remembers kind of how we met and how we coordinated. And that person is, yes, I got love for her. Absolutely. But with that one, it's different because there was never an expectation of anything other than what we had, which was just, we spent time together. We played sports together. We talked, but we did not go any further. There was no boundaries that were broken And we knew kind of where we stood each side. We were never going to cross those bridges. So there I had love for her because she was an intelligent girl. She was an attractive girl. She was a sweet girl, respectful. There was nothing that she did that would ever tell me that I would not have love for that person. Like anybody would have love for her. That's has any common sense. Like that's how the person she is with this one here that I was talking about before I, I, I can't say I had love for her. I can't say I loved her. It's more like a distraction. She's there. I'm here. Let's just do whatever and get it over with kind of thing. And hopefully you guys sort it out. Maybe I'm just a distraction for you too. I don't regret spending time with that person, but I do think that I probably could have done a better job of deflecting. And I know that sounds weird, but I think I should deflect deflected a little bit more than I did. Not quite lie, but just not quite like help with the homework, sure. But do I have to do it at your house? You know, that kind of thing where I'm still doing it, but I'm not, I'm not there to even allow anything to go to a point of lap sitting, let's say, and lap sitting is generally harmless. But at at certain points, you might get feelings just because you think that it's okay to have those feelings. It is, but maybe they're not reciprocated. If I hadn't been at the house, maybe there would not have been an opportunity to do that. That's the kind of thing. There was one time I picked her up for, I think, one or maybe two times I picked her up from school. And that was more just to give her a ride. I was already in the area. And I figured, yeah, sure, why not? I don't regret doing it. But in hindsight, that may have given an impression of some sort of a relationship of some kind, maybe. And perhaps I shouldn't have done so. Again, it was more for me. I just... You're in, I'm in the area, why not? I don't want you to have to deal in the burning sun, and that's kind of how I was, so I didn't attribute it just to her. It was kind of more in general. So I can look at that person and say, I didn't have love for them, and I didn't love them. It's more of a distraction, which is contrasted against my first girlfriend and Shar, where I definitely had love for her. Can't say I was in love with her, but I definitely had love for her. Second girlfriend, no love whatsoever, and it was actually animus, and I couldn't stand her. So I'm having these different reactions to different people all because of the level of interaction with Char. We spent pretty much every waking point together and we just jumped into a relationship straight out of the jump with the second one. It was like we met and it was a random, she attracted to me type thing. And then we talked and it turned toxic because we just talked too much really together. And then with this third one, it's like she, she, because she's, it's kind of like the whole Florence Nightingale effect or something where, or Stockholm, right? Where you're just, you're so, something's emotionally triggering you. And as a result, you kind of reach out for some assistance somewhere else. And I just happen to be in the picture. And in hindsight, I can say I probably should not have, even though I don't regret it, but I probably should not have done a couple of things where it may have given her the sense of a different level of, of relationship. At the same time, there was no not meeting her because she was involved with a friend of mine. So I was going to meet her, I was going to interact with her and she was going to do whatever. So at worst she might've lied, right? And said that things happened that didn't. I don't think she might've been that person, but who knows? She did come across sometimes as vindictive potentially and people told me she was. And that might've played a factor in why I chose to move forward because it's like, this is harmless and I got proof it's harmless. I got proof nothing's happening. And I'm cool with it. Her mom's around, so let's just go ahead and make this happen. And then once I saw it was getting a little bit too close for comfort, no pun intended, then I decided to cut it off and I'll just deal with the, the pain that she said she felt and just accept it as, well, that meant that you were a little bit too deep into it emotionally. So hopefully all that's been at least enlightening and spiritually uh, uplifting in kind of the stories that I'm telling. And I'll tell the other story about the one that I do have love for probably in the next round. But I 2021 was a tough time and it's allowed me to reflect and it's allowed me to share these stories. I appreciate it. if you listened in. Do check in other podcasts.